following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast with your host, EZD, Derek Jaws, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I, as always, am EZD, Derek Jaws, joined as usual, as most often as it, it, it is done in the way that we do it with, uh, I'm here with T-Wave, Taylor Sekatirsky, fresh back from a nose nasal swab from the Bills with love. Yeah, I love a good nasal swab. Gotta uh, love the nasal, nasal swab. Yeah, I mean, I'm more than happy to go get it when you know you're going to a game. So swab away. That's uh, I'm all about it. It was a nice little nose tickle. Not the kind I usually pay for on a Friday night, but that's cool. I'll take whatever I can get. <laughs> Must be fucking nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I to oh. say I am jealous would be an understatement, but uh, we're not. Hey, gonna man, go we there. fought. We fought the good fight out there. We tried to do the best we could. Uh, policing assholes selling selling their tickets like naughty little individuals, which I'm still super mad about, but yep. I just hope these dudes get found and uh, get their tickets banned or pulled or whatever. Cause that's, that's dog shit. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. I mean, I'm well aware of the fact that I am now going to my second game, which you would ask how you do that. And it's pretty simple. Somebody owns a company bought tickets cause they have seats. And they put my name on them. They weren't sold to somebody else. They were given. And he even asked the bills. He talked to them. He goes, I'm going, I'm doing this. And I'm going to give them to another season ticket account holder. And they okayed it. To me, I find this to be a completely different story than buying tickets when you live in California and putting them on eBay for $5,000. That's bullshit. And it's not even close to the move I pulled to go to the first game and this game. So fuck off. That's dog shit. Yeah, I agree with that across the board. And uh, I mean, we we flat out called the Bills and said we're going to do this. Is this okay? And they okayed it. Yeah, I uh, like I said, I I don't I don't begrudge that in the least. Um, I am jealous as shit because you know what what else I'm gonna am I gonna be? But uh, I can <laughs> I, under- I, can, I understand. I can tell you that uh, I am more upset about the fact that there were people who who got to say no for game one and then yes to game two. And I didn't even get a shot to say no at all. So that bothers me a little bit. I think that could have been handled a little bit better. Um, I understand some people took the calculated risk. I understand that there's a good chance that if they told people, Hey, you may not get a shot. If you say no to game one, you're not getting a shot at game two. You know, you, this is your shot. You take it or leave it Um, that it may have shaken out differently. And I still may not have gotten a shot to go, but I would be far more okay with that than uh, I believe that there is a good number of people out there who probably said no for different reasons, weren't sure how the testing was going to go, you know, didn't know like, ah, what, what if I go and we get our asses kicked? Well, now it's a divisional round. So it's a different story. So I said, no, but now I get to go anyway. Like that, that bothers me a little bit more. And then the people who bought and are now trying to sell, which is supposed to be a no, no, that's what really, yeah. really chaps my ass. And it's cold out there, boy. So it's definitely some chappage going on. What gets me the most is I'm, I think I'm more mad. And we've talked about this, like on my account, I have four tickets. Now I know damn well, there are people that had only two tickets on their account and bought four before our time slots got there. 
which I also find to be I mean, I I don't know. I get it to a point, but it's unfair. If you only had two tickets and you're on your account, you shouldn't have been allowed to buy four. I agree with that. Now, granted, if I had two, I can promise you that if I only had two tickets on my account, you let me buy four, I'm buying four. So I'm not condemning the person who did it. It's a loophole. They let you do it. You do it. Well, I, I, again, I would have done the same thing. On the part of the bills, I would have made it different that if you had less than four people or four tickets on your account, then you should have only been able to buy two because I have four and now I'm going to go to my second game, which I get on fucking whatever. I'm crying over spilled milk, but I have people in my account that can't go and that's unfair. And I should have, I mean, would have been nice to have the right for those people to have been able to go to a game because for 10 years, 10 plus years now, I've been paying for four plus seats. Right. So the jabroni with two who's going with four people and I'm going with two is unfair. Because someone like you wouldn't be sitting on the outside, I would have had more seats. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's that's the easy answer there. And like I said, I, I for for what it was, I think they did the best they could. I don't yeah. necessarily know. And we could rip there's... into shreds all we want. Hey, this is a lot to do in moving pieces at the end, and I I get it. I mean, I'm never going to be fully. I'm not going to be happy until there's seventy thousand people in there. So you can listen to me, bitch, until that happens. But. I'm just trying to pick my best arguments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I agree with that. And I, 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 that's the other thing is I think that number could and should be well higher than 6,700. But at this point we are splitting hairs over something we cannot control. So let's talk yeah, about all things. All I can do we, is root for an AFC championship game at home, right? Yeah. That's, that's pretty, pretty much, much pretty much what we're doing. So uh, that being said, what was it like, man? What was what was the atmosphere like? Obviously, there was no tailgate, which for those of you playing the home game, if you've seen our Facebook Live videos from the tailgate, you know that we don't fuck around when it comes to that. Uh, I have promoted our tailgate on multiple different apps and avenues to people because, again, we don't fuck around. And by we, I mostly mean you. I get to show up, throw some money at you, maybe bring some deer meat from time to time, and... Uh, an extra parking spot for us to party in. So it all counts. It sure does. Uh, yeah. The, the tailgate is a well put on production. That's for sure. Yeah. Our, uh, our tailgates better put on than some people's, you know, backyard family barbecues. And it's, we, we do that's it true. eight times. So that's even when true. there's only four or five of us that go. Yeah. We don't care. No. I can tell you that if we were allowed to tailgate and it was just the two of us, the trailer would probably still go. <laughs> <laughs> we would need it. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it was. It was hungry. Was a, a great way to describe it. Um, not that it's not hungry at other games, but you could tell everyone was there for one specific reason. And I mean, not having a tailgate obviously makes that very easy to have a very singular reason to go to that game. You were just going to the game. But, I mean, the energy of anyone you passed anywhere, whether it was in the parking lot, in the concourse, it was people were juiced to be there. And nobody cared that they had to wear them. And nobody cared. They were there. They, it was per, no, no restrictions could have slowed down the excitement of being in that building. And that showed through and through. I, I mean, I'd never seen everyone's so happy <laughs> you know and also what i noticed and i'm not i will not relate this to tailgating because i'm i'm afraid to say this in the first place but no one was belligerently drunk 
And I'm convinced that's because of the magnitude of the game, not because you weren't allowed to tailgate before. Because I'm sorry, I sat in my basement and drank the entire time before I went to the game. So if I wanted to be wasted, I could have been wasted. And I feel that's the same for everybody. You can take away a tailgate. It doesn't take away my drinking. I'm from Buffalo. If I want to be drunk, I will be. So I'm attesting the, the, the quality of people that were there because of the game. I think everyone was there for one big old reason, and that was to see a home playoff game in this city for the first time in years and win it. So, yeah, the atmosphere was exactly what you'd assume it was going to be and more. It was awesome. Awesome. And, you know, I think, I think some of that too can be attested to the fact that I don't think you see a lot of, I don't think you see a lot of people that are in that, you know, I'm going to get like, like what, what the media coverage of Bill's mafia is are not the people that were able to go to this game and aren't, and aren't going to yeah. be the people that are going to be able to go to the next one because, yeah. you know, those. Well, everyone, I'll, I'll, I'll relate it to you this way. The season ticket holders that go through the tape. I'm sorry. I'll, let me restart. The season ticket holders own the table. The people that don't have season tickets are the ones jumping through it. How's that sound? Yeah. Like I'll supply the table for you, but I'm going into the game while you're on fire outside. And I think that's what happened here is all the table owners went inside and the table breakers, you know, that didn't have seats, weren't allowed to go. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, now, I, I, I don't want that to be taken fucking <laughs> black and white across the board. I don't need to be ripped apart for that comment. I'm making a generalization just to be clear. <laughs> well, and, and the, the whole diving through tables thing is definitely a, uh, a younger generation thing. And I mean, I've had my seasons for this would have been my fourth year, I believe maybe fifth. Um, and you know, I'm one of the newer ones, but you know, I, I'm not one of these 20 somethings that, you know, I'm, I'm all about going, having a get, having a good time, throwing, throwing a few back and, you know, but at the same time, I still want to see the game, watch the game and, you know, remember. Yeah, I came for the game. Absolutely. I remember the last time that I got drunk enough to forget part of the game. And I said, never again, it was a Monday nighter against Cleveland in like 08 or something. I was like, yeah, I'm never doing this again. It was, I don't remember the second half of that game. I don't remember how I got home. And I realized that I was a waste of a seat and that's how I treat it from there out is that if I'm not actually paying attention to the game, I'm wasting a seat where someone else could have enjoyed it. And I don't want that. So that's the attitude I go into games with. <laughs> well, and, and I can tell you just to, just to put a uh, kind of a stamp on this, you know, our, our, our beloved co-host Nick or AKA big diesel uh, his general move is he, he gets, you know, he'll get, he'll get tickets to a game or a ticket to a game. He'll buy a cheap one day of type thing. If he can find one, uh, he goes to a tailgate and then usually wakes up in the backseat of a car at halftime and goes, shit, I'm missing a good one. So, you know, that's those, those type of people aren't, aren't able to go to these games because of, especially just because of the nature of the world right now, but you know, because they didn't even have a yep. shot. I mean, a lot of those people that you see, uh, you know, tailgating on a Sunday morning at the ass crack, they all got their tickets on Saturday night at last call. Like, I mean, and I get it. They, they go for that experience. I go for the game is the difference. I can do both, but the game is still more important than the tailgate and the people that treat the tailgate more important to the game, they don't have season tickets. So that's fine. They're not there, right. which is why I saw 6,800 people all focused on one thing. And that's why probably why it was so damn loud in there. Because, I mean, you could put 70,000 in a room, but if 30,000 are sleeping in their seats, <laughs> throwing up in the bathroom, then, yeah, it's not going to be as loud in there. So I think 
I think everybody was there for a common goal, treated it like it, acted like it. And uh, the vibe, as the kids would say, was 100. Wow. Yeah, well, you know, I just peppered in there. I couldn't send an emoji across in my voice, so I had to say it out loud. I, I dig it. I don't, know how, I don't know how I feel about it, but at the same time, I dig oh, it. Oh, I hated it. It was nauseating just saying it. I apologize immediately, but I was there. Uh, listen, man, <laughs> you, you, you can't have no in your heart, so. <laughs> so not, now... <laughs> Now that we got the, uh, you know, the, the important stuff out of the way, let's get to the really important stuff. I watched, and if, if you know, if you know me and you know what I do for a living, I was stuck at work because I, of course, I had a one in six chance of missing the first part of the game. And of course, we got the one time slot that really sucked for me. Uh, I was able to watch while at work. The only thing I missed was the start of the second half, which I got in my truck to hear us kick a field goal because I'm all about that bass. And um, bats for life. Left eye and chili. Yeah. I, uh, I watched us play Frank Reich's game plan. I watched us play their game to a T in the first half and walked out up four. Yep. And yeah, Absolutely. And when you can do that, like that, that to me is the mark of a great team. Uh, we, and we've said this time and again, we've said it how many times, especially the two of us on this podcast, I'm a great football team. I mean, how, I mean how many times? No how, reason not to believe it. I and keep how, beating people. <laughs> and how many times have we sat and talked, whether it's on a podcast, not on a podcast, but over the years when we were in the other seat, when we were the underdog and we went in into a tight game at halftime and we went, that went as good as it possibly could have. And we're only down four. Yeah. Let's, let's keep it a one, one possession game and try and ride it out and get to the fourth, which is obviously what they were doing. I mean, Hey, we, we had receivers say that was the best defense we had faced all year. So I agree. They, and they played their best game probably in the first half that they could have. And uh, we sat there and took it a little bit, but we took it. I guess is the most important part. Yeah, we took it and we didn't fall apart, and ended up on top of what I would consider a bad half of football for the Bills. Now there, it's weird. Why it's I haven't been to a game in forever, so I've always tried to rewatch games when I get home after being there because it's just different, and especially where I was sitting. Uh, I'm not complaining, but I'm complaining. I hate those seats when you're at the, in an end zone, staring down the field. I just, the depth perception of football is awkward from there. So it's not, I'm not the biggest fan of it. So I find it, I really need to rewatch a game after that because I don't get to see a lot. Now, some of the offensive line blocking, you get great views from there, but that's only if your team is running away from you on your half of the field, then you get a good view of that. But still, you're looking up at the jumbotron, so it's rough. Um, I have the luxury of being in our seats for this game. So I'm super excited about that. I don't know how that miracle happened, but yeah, we played a bad half of a football game and ended up being on top of it. And it did not, it was a little unsettling to be honest with you, because I mean, not that we assumed we should have beat that team by 20 points, but I think that was a general consensus for the most part is that should have been a fairly handled football game. But I also think the the Colts were downplayed a little bit and there's something to be said for the fact that old man Phil still knows what he's doing and as awkward or as bad as he looks throwing a football 
man, his anticipation is just silly because he lets these balls go and I don't see where he's throwing it. And then poof, a receiver's there just falling over, catching this lollipop in the middle of three people. <laughs> and that, that's, if, if, if Phil, if Phillips decision-making slows down at all, you will know about it because he's going to throw 20 picks like Nate Peterman in four games because his arm is, it's gone. It doesn't exist anymore, but his anticipation is rivaling Aaron Rodgers stuff, which is how he gets away with these, with these throws. It's unbelievable. And he was on every part of his game. And I, got, I, I want to write him a letter because I'm a Rivers fan and I've rooted for him to win a big one. I think he deserves it. And I feel bad that we had to stop this run. Otherwise, I'd still be rooting for him. And I mean, I'll, I'll tell like you in general, dad gummit. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a big shout out to our, uh, our, our friend from the network, Matt Johnson, who is a big time Colts fan. And, yeah, uh, I thought about him. I felt bad for like a fraction of a second and wanted to call him and rub it in his face. Well, I, I'll tell you, he, uh, I, I generally did not like Rivers going in. Um, I always kind of saw him, uh, you, you know, not really watching a ton of Chargers games. You see the poutiness, you see the chippiness, you see just that stuff because you know, what a, yeah, what early in his career, I wouldn't have said he was my favorite person. I think it was when they started micing him up and you realize his trash talking didn't possess swearing that I started <laughs> to enjoy him. <laughs> well, and so while, while I'm at work, I'm watching some pregame and they do a video package on the man and they talk about his, you know, his smack talk and stuff like that. And you see him like, you hear him, he's actually laughing when he's walking up to a 350 pound defensive tackle and like, chest bumping him and being like ain't nobody scared of you dadgummit and like laughing at the dude and you're like you know what i i can get behind this guy and you just like you, well, you could have got an army of 13 kids behind him all the time he isn't scared <laughs> of anything <laughs> well and you know what it is too it's it's just that childish love of the game that you love to see in a dude like i i would much rather see that than some of these other guys that are out there yeah see and i think that was taken as arrogance early in his career and not childish love of the game and I mean, also you got to think about when he, when he was early in his career, he's got LT, he's got Antonio Gates. So you're talking about a team that was good and he looked arrogant on top of it. So I don't think it helped his image so much early when you're dominating and it looks like you're throwing it in people's faces. And then you come to find out that he's just hugging his Bible, laughing at people on the field. And I was like, oh, okay, you're just fucking, you're just cute and adorable. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I watched a video package of a 38 year old man like smiling and laughing about being like, yeah, to me, this is just playing backyard ball with the boys. Like you're, you're going to yep. smack talk. You're going to laugh. You're going to have a good time. And like, you know, the, I, he said, I, I've been told that I'll know when I'm done because I won't enjoy it anymore. And I can tell you as of, you know, as of last week, that hasn't happened yet. So. Well, yeah. When you, you put a performance on the field like that, how is it not fun? I mean, I get you lost, but it wasn't his stat line that lost that game. No, I was 27. I, you got to score more in the red zone, I guess. But his stat line, what he did was he did not lose the game by any no. means. That was not on him. So, I mean, their defense has got to keep us out of the end zone a little more, really. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's they, hard to do. They did well. They played a good game. They played, like you said, they played the best game they probably possibly could have. Yep. And that's what makes me feel so much better about this is because was it a tight game? Absolutely. But, we were given a playoff team's best shot and came out on top. So I'll take that all day. 
absolutely. And it, it and I mean, oh, was, the, the Bills barely squeaked by a seven seed. I'm sorry, that seven seed would be a two seed in the in the NFC. Absolutely. So and get out of here if, with that. If Rivers throws three picks in that game and I win by three, then yeah, I got a red flag that I'm raising to the top of my pole right now. But that didn't happen. They ran the ball all over us. Phillip looked good, and they played good defense, and I won. So yeah, I'm going to take your best kick, which I'm going to learn from. I, and now I'm I'm playoff. I'm not going to say seasoned, but back to back years, I've been to a playoff game. I won this one. It was a hard one. Last year was a hard one. So I got two dogfight playoff games under my belt, and I'm at home again. I I like all of this right now. I, and like you said, I mean Rivers, 27 for 46 for 309 and two. Uh, the big one here is holding Jonathan Taylor 21 for 78. That's 3.7 a carry and a touchdown. I mean, that's that's pedestrian yeah. for him. But their other Hines ran for six for 75. 70 yard. Yeah, exactly. So he was running for 10 yards a carry. Yeah. So if you put their running back crew together, that game doesn't look good for our defense in terms of run defense at all. No. So, yeah, we held Taylor down, but they were committed to the run and they did just fine doing it. Yeah. And, and really, I, you know, you could make the argument that, you know, Hines is a pass catching back more than anything else. And so, you know, kind of, kind of like, it's, it's like us when we call a well-timed draw or that well-timed running, you know, running play that gashes somebody for 10, 12, 15 yards. He ran six times. He averaged 12 yards a carry. You know, that's, that's catching a team, not expecting a guy to run a football. I, I'm okay with that. You know, I, if, if the fact if you, is they move the ball all over us and we still ended up with more points than them. So that's absolutely. what I take out of it. And yeah, to, I'm not so mad that they, my run defense has proven to not be the greatest. So I, I didn't go out there looking for a, a let's keep them under a hundred. And that's the game plan. I, we knew what our weakness was and we overcame it, I guess yeah. is the best I can look at that. You know, it's like, that's going to be a hole. We're going to have to overcome it. I don't think we're going to fix it per se. We just need to be better than that problem. Yes. And, you know, and being better than that problem, Josh Allen, 26 for 35, 24 and two. Uh, he also ran 11 times for 54, which I, and I remember, you know, talking to you about this at one point saying like, you know, we, I was not a fan of Dable, of Dable's game plan. Uh, I don't know if Dable let the field position and just the flow of the game dictate what he was trying to do, but you know, there were, there were a couple, I mean, you, we, we, we come out early in the game. Uh, I see Lee Smith coming into the game and I'm going, well, here's a play action pissed our play action pass to Lee Smith. And sure as shit, it was except Lee Smith is slow and he was not open. So that ended up being the quick shot to, uh, to Zach Moss that got us down to the four. And on the ensuing play, you told me like, yeah, I saw this lineup and went up. Oh, here's a draw. Here's a Josh Allen draw. And sure as shit, it was. And I'm sorry, I will take this. I will. I will stand and die on this mountain. That was a draw play that Allen made work. That was not an RPO. We got dominated at the line, and it just happened to work. I don't care. It worked. But <laughs> yeah, Dable seemed a little tight. Now I've seen some stuff during the week here. Again, Mike, the view I have staring at that. It doesn't those those runs didn't look great, but I'm also kind of flat. I've seen things throughout the week of the middle of the field that they were just allowing us to have, which I mean, if there was no middle linebacker, you were talking 20 yards from line of scrimmage to a too high safety with no one in the middle. So I guess if I look at that as a play caller and go, I have 
four down linemen. I have five, my five, five offensive linemen and no one in the middle. Well, my number one offensive weapon all of a sudden looks like a freewheel and a deal in through there. If that was his mindset, I don't know. I can't be totally mad at him calling these plays, but there is, those are few and far between from what I could see from the amount of times that we looked like we called his number and where on the field we were calling his number. The biggest thing I hate about when we call his number is the time of the game that we decide to do it in. And it seems to still be, oh, I didn't notice all year we were blowing teams out in the second half of the year. But this, we played a tight game, and it felt like we were playing the Texans for a minute with those runs. I didn't enjoy it. And so I will stand by the fact that I thought they were mistimed. Whether they were called for defensive layouts that they were giving us, that's fine. I'll take that argument. But the timing of the game still bothers me. But again, I'm not an offensive coordinator and I'm not getting head coaching interviews. I'm also not coaching in the divisional game. So I don't know, maybe I'm just an idiot. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the entire point of this is just talking about like what we see from, and obviously, you know, this, this is the definition of Monday morning quarterback or, you know. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. But, absolutely. Uh, you know, that's just one of those things that, you know, we, we can look at and say from a camera view above the field, this is how I feel. But outside of that, I mean, you know, um, I Devin Singletary and, you know, Zach Moss, you know, God rest his ankle, uh, 42 yards on the ground between the two of them on only 10 rushes. And I mean, that's it, it yeah, felt it like that we ran the ball the more game plan at all. I mean, I don't I don't think running the ball was uh, a priority for us one bit. I think it was ma- mainly there to make you think that we could if we wanted to, but we couldn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, now that's a team we I, that's I have to make this argument because it's the only way we, we win the game. I couldn't run couldn't stop the run really I couldn't stop the path and I ended up winning this game so (laughs) I have to be good at something right like I have to be good enough to be overcoming these shortcomings and I'm not shortcomings bad because that would make it sound like it's been an all-year thing but in that specific game I got beaten some phases of football and still came out on top yeah so I have to be a good I have to be mentally tough one because you can pack stuff up if you you know you're going in the wrong direction, like in the defense, you're getting walked all over on the road. You could have quit. That defense didn't quit one bit at all. Nobody quits on this team ever. No. So there's got to be something to be said for maybe it's the word culture. Maybe I need to bring it out. Maybe my culture won a football game and said these are not the same bills. I'm not going down like this. Piss off. Yeah, and maybe I, that's I, the answer. And you know what? That that to me, I mean, I've, we've we've been saying it for all year long. You know, the, you know, we we lose. You know, we lose to the Titans, then we lose to to the Chiefs, and then we lose in the Hale Murray. And you know, oh, same old Bills, same old Bills. Here we go, same old Bills. And then the Bills went, "You can go fuck yourself." Here's the second half of our season. Just yeah. went out. So I lost to the one seed, the five seed, and a team that barely missed the playoffs because I don't know the NFC East. The NFC East is garbage. So and the team that didn't make the playoffs that I lost to won on a Hail Mary. Right. To the best receiver I mean, in football. No kidding. So my three losses don't stand for, I mean, they, they don't stand for anything. I think they say exactly what they should say. There's regular season football. You got to come play on Sunday. And we played very, very good teams and didn't win. Okay. I won every other game on my schedule. I, and I think beating the Colts validated 13 and three. 
You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like I'm, I, yes, I had the three losses and, but if you look at how I lost those games, it wasn't really, I mean, sure. Tennessee blew us out. And that was a weird week where our schedule got moved, got caught with their pants down and the NFL sucked Tennessee's dick. I can make excuses for that. But regardless, the games that I lost prove why I won this game is I'm mentally tough. I don't make these mistakes and I'll come out on top of a close game. Yeah. I mean, if you go back all the way back to that Tennessee game, I mean, that was, we, we started behind the eight ball and then never got out from behind the eight ball. You know, when your first, when your first play from scrimmage is a pick that puts the, a team inside the 30 and play two is a touchdown. Well, that's a tough start. Uh, I feel like the Steelers know something about that. I was just about to say, I mean, not, uh, not that I think the Steelers could have or should have won that game per se. I mean, they could have, but I don't think they should have. But no. that that play, if you if you wanted to win a game that you probably weren't supposed to win, that's not how you start it. And you're just you're giving the better team theoretically, which was the Browns, the upper hand right off the bat. And the Browns had all the momentum going into that. That's not. I mean, you can't go into a game like that expecting a win. That's just, they were doomed the second that went over their heads. But yep. again, just like a Tennessee game where we were kind of behind the eight ball going into that week because of the way the schedule was moving around. And then that's how you start a game. Yeah, man, you didn't have momentum to start. Now you just gave all of it away. <laughs> I mean, and, and we're ta- like, you want to talk about everything going wrong that can go wrong. That is an all pro center snapping a football over a six foot six hall of fame quarterbacks head. And I, I, I put this on Twitter and seeing things like this makes me appreciate Josh Allen more and more every day because uh, that, that highlight has been all over all week. Watching Big Ben see the ball on the ground, and, and, and he Cam Newton did. He pulled up and yeah. looked for someone else to get the ball, and he had he the better for read Connor on. to fall on that. Prayed yeah, and, for Connor to fall on that. And Connor looked at it and was like, why aren't you falling on this? You're closer than I am. Like, what are we doing yeah. here? Yeah, Ben and, ran back there for show. If anything, Ben should have tried to slow somebody else up so Connor could go get it. That I would have applauded. Yeah. Just stand in the way and be a pick at least or something. Yeah, but don't run was, back there next to the ball. I fuck it. And then the last second game, okay, you go. <laughs> yeah, which which was 100% what that looked like. That looked like, I don't want it. Yeah, and, I'm going to come back here for show and make it look like I want it, but I ain't going down there. <laughs> you know, and like that, t- that takes me back to a playoff game last year where uh, Josh – picked a fumbled snap out of a pile of human beings and then got five yards when he needed one. Like one, one of those guys wants ball. The other guy doesn't want the ball. And uh, what did, what did Jimmy, what did Jimmy McGinty used to say? Jimmy McGinty. Win, winners Jimmy always, McGinty. Want, winners winners always want the ball when the game's on the line. Yeah. If I wanted <laughs> Connor to have the ball, I would have called it that way. Right. Jimmy <laughs> McGinty, unconventional. No, he's an unconventional guy. Yeah. Yeah, I know Pat. <laughs> I know Pat. <laughs> so that puts, uh, you know, in, in in talks of looking for a uh, a third home playoff game here, we're we're hoping the Browns ride this wave into Chief Kingdom and take over. We, I mean, theoretically, yeah, if we want a home game. We are we are rooting for the Browns, but. Listen, I want this home championship game. I also want a Super Bowl title. And I don't know if I want the Red Hot Browns in my backyard. Now, that's speaking in terms of how do I find the easiest route to the Super Bowl. 
So I'm, I'm not speaking of the scared fan. Don't misconstrue that by any means. Cause I don't, you're asking if I want to play the chiefs or the Browns. Yeah. I probably want to play the Browns, but nobody scares me to the point where I don't want to play them. I'm just speaking in terms of, you know, the old momentum guy, like who do you, I mean, picture that the Browns come in here after beating the chiefs on the road. That's a lot. And well, for, I'm not for the, scared of it, but I don't want it. I mean, <laughs> let, let's, let's talk about riding it on your high horse for the chiefs to get there to, for the, or sorry, for the Browns to get to the super bowl, they're going to have to knock off one, two, and three. Yeah. So, yeah. Which At that point I make them a super bowl favorite. If they ever get there, you can put that on the books Now, if, if the Browns end up in the super bowl, I'm taking the Brinks truck to the bank. Yeah. Well, fuck it. Yeah. Cause that's it. That would just speak to the momentum. I, they, the Browns have a good team. I'm not going to take that away from them. But if you roll into the playoffs how you did and then beat teams like that, momentum is a real thing. I mean, look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They don't deserve a Super Bowl. They wheeled in on it with Nick Foles and momentum. They're, they weren't good enough to win that Super Bowl. They didn't really deserve it. And it. it shows because now Peterman's on the fucking streets. Peterson, not, sorry, Peterson. Doug I was going to say that's that that's not Nate Peterman, but uh, yeah, I Peterman mean, might yeah, be on the streets too. For all may as well be. So, but before we, I mean, that's putting the cart before the horse there because to get there, we got to take on what some would say is the red hot Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, red uh, hot. For some reasons, for some reason they're red hot. I don't know whatever reason that is. So you tell me that a quarterback that's seventeen for twenty four for one seventy nine and a pick is a guy Trent that I should. I thank you. Oh, is that I a mean, wrong stat line? That wasn't Trent's stat line. I'm sorry. No, but you know what? You know what that did sound like? That sounded like uh Tyrod Taylor's stat line against the Jaguars in, in 17. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. It probably looks real similar. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'm gonna let you rant and rave about this for a second. I am going to look up the stats from that game because I want to know. And I know I know you have a lot to say about Lamar. I just don't understand. I don't get how I can watch the Ravens come out and Lamar throws, we were talking about the beginning of the year, Lamar throws the ball around the yard. They win a couple of games, poof, magical. Then all of a sudden the throwing don't work because Lamar is not good at throwing the ball. And the Ravens start to lose games because they continue to want to throw this ball and it doesn't work and they lose. So everyone goes, Lamar can't win. He can only win by running. He, he doesn't have enough to win playoff games. He doesn't have enough in his arsenal to go to the next level because it's not working. Then all of a sudden Lamar starts running the ball again and they win a couple of games and Lamar's an MVP again, because he still can't throw, but everyone just seems to forget about it. Like, Oh, poof, the Ravens won a couple of games. Lamar might just should be the greatest quarterback on planet earth be- because he has a stat line. That's got one touchdown in it and 17 fucking completions. He's not a quarterback. He's a running back was the play that he ran in the end zone. Phenomenal. Without question, without question. But I've seen receivers and running backs do that since the dawn of Christ. So I'm sorry, that's still not a quarterback playing. He is not good enough to play quarterback and win a Super Bowl, period, period. It's never going to happen. Lamar Jackson will never win a Super Bowl. You can have it right here, and we can stop sucking his dick right now. The man's not a quarterback, period. Also, throwing a stat in my face that they're 13-3 and is completely irrelevant. It's completely irrelevant. Their record does not matter to me, and it is not an association of Lamar Jackson's arm. When I tell you he's not a quarterback, I don't want to hear they're 13-3. and three. Could care less because they're not going to win a Super Bowl. 
You can be 13 and three of the regular season all you want to. How many other teams play great in the regular season and don't win in the finals? Do I remember their names? No, because they didn't win in the finals. I'm going to forget Lamar's name too. Period. I, 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 I can waste. I can, I can tell you the, the Baltimore Ravens of last year, they were, they were, they were considered Oof. world beaters. They were considered Oof. world beaters. And, and who we, won? The dude who can throw the ball? Yeah, weird. Okay. Him, yeah. His name so, Patrick Mahomes, who can do both. Lamar yeah. still hasn't beaten his ass, too. So I didn't change a, a rhetoric or a narrative at all. Great. You won all playoff games. It doesn't change shit. So to, to dial this back, uh, 17 for 24 for 179 and 1, or Sweet. 17 for 37 for 134 and 1. And both of those are the wrong one. They're both interceptions. Neither one of those are picks. You're Tyrod Taylor. So Lamar ran one in and they squeaked by. Yeah, and that's that is the that is the difference in this game. Uh, the Titans put it's up a good offense. first. He he is a he is good for what he. Is. I'm not trying to chop the man down to absolutely nothing. He's a physical specimen. Oh, he's a freak. But he's not a quarterback. I'm sorry. I, that, that my argument is strictly not a quarterback. That's all I'm saying. I would put him in the conversation of the best athlete on the field, on any field on any Sunday. Sure, sure. Not, but he's he is a bottom tier quarterback. Yeah, his arm sucks. I mean, you look when he throws; it looks unnatural. It looks uncomfortable. He never has the same slot, his arm slot. He's so inconsistent when he throws the ball. And please, 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 don't come at me like he throws from different arm angles. No, he just doesn't know how to duplicate his own throwing motion because it's bad. Sorry, but I know the difference. I've been playing throwing balls for so long. I know what different arm slots look like. He cannot repeat an arm slot. That is all there is to it. Doesn't have it in him to repeat an arm slot. That elbow is either over his head or under his armpit somewhere down by his titty, and he he can't reproduce it. So he can't be consistent enough to throw the ball down the field. He is bad at throwing the ball. Bad. How many quails come out of his hand to shoot those down with a shotgun? Nonsense. Well, built that, by 40. <laughs> so that takes us to the point. I mean, really across the board, the rest of that week, uh, the Rams with an accountant starting a quarterback who then got hurt for get Jared Goff to come back in, knock off the Seahawks who haven't played defense all year. Uh, the Washington yeah, don't even need a team. thumb to play quarterback against the Seahawks. Shit. No, apparently uh, the Buccaneers beat the football team, which I think everybody saw coming. I don't think they saw it as close. Or I, I mean, with, that's uh, not what I saw. Not what I saw. I saw Washington was supposed to win that game. I blame uh, Alex Smith. Heineke played out of his ass, so he sure did. Uh, Twenty-six for forty-four for three six one and one, uh, and a diving touchdown, which looked yeah, good. and I mean, what Jimmy McGinty would call heart. Yeah, man had right heart. <laughs> uh, the Saints beat the god awful Bears, who weird couldn't play offense to save their lives, and here we are in the divisional round. That being said, the Bills. Welcome the Ravens, the quote unquote red hot running the ball off uh, on offense and not doing much else. Ravens, really, the, the I think the two the two factors in this game are: can the Bills make Lamar throw the football, and can the Bills' offense beat the Ravens' defense? Because let's break this down: the Ravens decided at the trade deadline to bulk their defense when your offense is sputtering you are people are saying left and right that 
Hollywood Brown is not a number one receiver. You don't have enough weapons around Lamar to help him and blah, blah, blah. You went out and got defense, which First tells all, me. Yeah, yeah, say it. Yeah, which tells me you say, I know we can't win from behind, so we have to stop teams from scoring. Yeah, which is an admission that your quarterback's not a quarterback because you can't score points. Right. So you went, okay, I got a guy, I got a team who can run the ball, like an offense that can run the ball. I can mix in some play action passes to be viable at times. They're, what they did was go, okay, Trent Dilfer's my quarterback. I need Ray Lewis to go win the Super Bowl. That's what they're doing. Everyone knew Trent Dilfer sucked. I love Trent Dilfer. Great analysis. See, I watched him for days talking to me. Bad quarterback. Same thing is happening here. Lamar's a better athlete and can run the ball. So their hope is that I'm going to go play cold weather football by running in defense. And I understand the strategy. It's not a bad way to go, but it's an admission that Lamar Jackson's not good. Could otherwise you would have slapped a number one receiver next to Jackson like we did Diggs and go, go score 50 points. But that'll never happen with Jackson. You could put our entire receiving core in Baltimore right now. He'd still suck. He would suck. He would be running the ball. Poor so, Beasley would be out there finger-fucking his own asshole, bored out of his mind. So, and, and this is with Willie Sneed, Miles Boinkin, uh, Devin Duvernay. 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 Uh, Marquise Brown and Des Bryant as their top five with uh, Jalen Moore, James Porsche. Yeah, I've Chris heard Moore. worse receiving cores. I've, I've heard of them. Yes. That, is, that a, is that a stacked lineup? No. No, but there are dudes on there that have shown they can make plays. That's not a terrible receiving core. I think if you I mean, have a terrible quarterback. If Mark, if you, I'm sorry, you forgot Mark Andrews. Oh, right, because I didn't name tight ends. I didn't I'm name sorry, my bad, my bad. Then, you know, you're right. You did not forget him, but I'm going to hand him a top tier pro bowl tight end. That's yeah, also prob- on probably no, I would, I would say the third best in the league. Sure. I'll give you that. So what do you, what do you, what do you go? Kelsey, um, Kelsey Kittle Andrews. Thank you. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And then now, you I have, argue that good luck. And on top of that, you then have JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards in the backfield with him. And Mark Ingram, who was just sitting on the bench. Right. I mean, come on. It's not a quarterback. If you gave the Ravens a quarterback, I'd be nervous. Right. Because I mean, you, you take that offense and you put it, I don't know. Uh, give them Josh Allen. Oh, God. Give, give them Josh Allen and give me Lamar Jackson. And I'm, I'm signing off this podcast right now because we're talking about a loss. Yeah. I'm losing immediately. If you flip-flop our quarterback, I, I don't even want to go to this game. No, I mean, like you, you, you put, I mean, I don't know, Danny dimes in this offense. He looks like a world beater, you know, there's so better. Right. I mean, there's so many people you can put in this offense that would make it look better. And And I mean, talk to me about speed. I got a play that Danny dimes topped out faster than Lamar Jackson anyway. So, (laughs) I mean, he tripped over a line and fumbled, but regardless, at one point he was still faster. Turf monster. (laughs) I get you, but uh, you know, then then you look across what they got on the other side of the board: Derek Wolf, Brandon Williams, Calais Campbell, and Pernell McPhee. Oh, that doesn't include Yannick Ngakwe, who they just went and got. Yeah, and look at their back end. Their secondary uh, is disgusting. Headed by yeah. Peters, who I hate and scumbag, but he's still really good. I mean, their their linebacking core: Patrick Queen, not a bat. He doesn't suck. 
Malik Harrison. Oh, by the way, they're both rookies. Um, Matt Judon doesn't suck. Peters, Clark, Elliott, Jimmy Smith. Uh, their nickel corner is Humphrey. Like uh, this defense is stacked. Yeah, they have a top five defense, and it shows on paper. Like and, yeah, and that, just... that that was the move. That was the move to say I we need to make it so teams do not score because we cannot play from behind. Oh, and the Ravens are 12 and five. They've lost five games with that defense. Yeah. Cause they couldn't score points. Right. I mean, it's great when you hold people to 20, but if you can't score 20, you're bad. Yeah. I don't care how you put it in today's NFL. If you can't put up 25 plus points on some sort of regularity, you're not a good offense. Cause other teams are doing it all the time. So what's your problem? Also, in today's NFL, it's all about points. Well, not all about points. Today's NFL is designed to be able to score points. So if you can't score points in a league that's designed to score points, you're bad. I don't, I mean, I don't, how, how else do you make this argument? If you're not putting up points in today's NFL where you're not allowed to touch anybody or breathe on anybody or touch your quarterback or running back, whatever you want to call them, you should be putting up 30 plus points a game, period. Yeah. So there's, there is an interesting X factor here for this game. And it is something that I am interested to see how it plays out and how it actually is come game time. And that is the weather. Love it. It's supposed to be dicey. I'm Lake effect up- snow. I watched the news last night because, you know, I'm old and that's what I do. Watch in the news talking about lake effect snow coming down for like days on end and it's just flirting with saturday night right now and we all know this buffalo weather changes on the drop of a hat all i needed it to do is move up like four hours (laughs) just come four hours early and now we're gonna see what that pensacola florida bitch is gonna do in this snow so i'm nothing i'm i'm on the weather.com channel here uh, Saturday during the day, 35 snow showers, temp steady in the thirties, winds 10 to 15, 40% chance of snow nighttime drops to 30. Uh, I believe, I believe Mr. Tasker said it best, bring a jacket. It's going to be chilly. Yeah. Occasional sho- snow sports to start pick. Yep. I'm sorry. Go ahead. My bad. Occasional snow showers, low around 30 winds at 10 to 20 chance of snow, 60%, one to three inches expected. Yeah, now one to three, I need the one to three to slide up into the daytime. And then start laying it on thick during the game. <laughs> well, and now here's so here's the thing. So we have we 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 went and got this gigantic human being of a quarterback for Buffalo weather. Big hands can still throw the football, yada yada yada. They have running back quarterback combination Lamar, and he has come out openly and said, I have never played in the snow. I don't know what to expect or how it's going to affect me. I yeah, and want, then said he just straight up doesn't want it to snow either. He's like, I don't want it to snow. Yeah. Like I, it started with, I don't want my first time to be a playoff game. And then I just don't want to play in the snow. Well, welcome to Buffalo. That's yeah. not to mention the fact that you play in Baltimore. So it's going to happen, buddy. Yeah. But, so it, I can understand not, you not wanting this to be your first time, but also why are you saying these things out loud? Right. Why are you telling like, me you don't Juju want my goes, weather? They're the same old Browns, bro. I support you and I believe you, but why are you saying these things out loud? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, would have agreed with you 110 when he said, yeah, they're still the same old Browns. Sure. 
because I've said it before, the Browns are the Browns until they're not the Browns anymore. Patriots are the Patriots. So, but you don't say these things going into games. No. <laughs> no, you don't tell a team they suck when you think they suck. Yeah. And not until after don't, the game. Don't tell the city of Buffalo you're scared of snow. Because <laughs> I'll bet I, I can guarantee you there will be 6,700 strong hucking, hucking snowballs at your uh, at your sideline yeah. all day. You know what this feels like is it wedding crashers when she's like, because I'll find you. It's like, tell me you don't want the snow. I will find you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now I want the snow because I want snow on my turf and I want Lamar, who's been running with his feet outside his body his entire life to make these insane cuts, insane stops, which makes him the dynamic runner that he is to slip and fall and blow a hamstring and be afraid to plant and go because he just, I don't think he's do going to be able to hold on to the ball. That's and that's the other side of it. I we mean, the running it, it's a turf field. So depending on the amount of snow, I only put so much stock into the turf field. If it was grass, I'd be having a different conversation about footing. My biggest thing with the snow is are your pussy hands going to be able to hold on to that hard as rock, wet, snowy football. I mean, I got a guy who I don't care about. I'm pretty sure his hands are just fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're... I think Lamar puts the ball on the turf and whether he's running it in fumbles or I pray to Jesus, they try and throw <laughs> God. I can't imagine what a ball looks like coming out of his hands when it's snowing outside. Well, it looks like a thing of beauty. We, we both know, I mean, you, you played quarterback growing up in Buffalo in the snow and it, I mean, there were, there were years that, you know, it snows in October around here. So we both had to deal with it at least at bare minimum in the cold. And we both know that that football gets hard and slick. Oh, well, it's I, not mean, fun. I was, I was, I was a long snapper. I had to handle the football here and there. And yeah, that's, yeah nobody wants part of that. You're just yeah. laying in the snow down there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm taking it off the cold snowy ground and throwing it between my legs. So it is not fun. It is not a good time. And I am intrigued to see this guy do it because if it's snowing, I think that plays to our advantage completely. And I think it slows him down and makes him people. Some people are worried about the snow because they think that their strong suit is the run game, which I totally agree with. But what I would say is I have to respect the, right now. Let's say we go out there and it's 40 and sunny and really nothing. The weather doesn't matter. I have to respect the fact that he still can throw the ball. If it's a blizzard outside, I don't have to worry about him throwing, which means I'm going to put 10 people in a box and dare him to throw the ball. I won't even have to, if I go out there, like I said, if I go out there and it's a normal day, I can't just stack the box because he does have the ability to throw the football. How messy it may be, but I mean, I'm sorry. Any NFL quarterback is going to hit a guy 10 yards wide open. If I got if I'm playing man and I get beat. So I root for the snow because I think that makes it very easy for our defense to help make them one dimensional or forget that they have another dimension, or I can gamble on leaving that dimension alone a little bit because the weather is helping me essentially. You know what I mean? Right. And so I root for the snow. I don't get why everyone, but that's my opinion, but whatever. Well, and you know, we have get your own podcast. You want to show your opinion. How's that sound? I, I agree with you. And, you know, some people who have shared their opinion, uh, Colin Coward, I believe, came out and said that the snow will only help the Ravens. And Stephen A. Smith came out and said, if it snows, the Ravens have no chance. So there's well, I, two, two people paid a lot more than we do. The argument. Yeah. 
but uh, uh yeah do, I, do they know more than we do i don't know I, uh, they get paid more than we do that's what i and that's why i said it that way i was told i have a crappy personality otherwise i'd get paid too you know drop drop dynamite drop in from my uh my in-house weather weather woman over here it's supposed to snow for Ooh. the next week and a half yeah it's it's on and off it's supposed to snart that is true but it's spotty we need right. we need the lake effect to roll in and make it hard <laughs> yeah listen i need concrete snow i want i want it to snow all damn day and then at game time blizzard conditions lighten up to just squalls and flurries to not impact our passing game but slow you down yeah, on the ground theirs. yeah I'm just theirs <laughs> yeah which which it would because again here's a guy who doesn't know how to play in the snow he said he doesn't know how to play in the snow doesn't want to play in the snow and josh allen has and can so eh, whatever but uh snow or not it's always windy in there and uh, wind is nasty so swirling winds uh, it's, it's good by the time that game starts it's going to be 30 it's going to be windy it's he's not going to have a good time throwing this football at all. I don't he care if it's known or not. He sure isn't. And that is, uh, let, let's, let's go, let's go prediction here, bud. We haven't been doing, uh, we're not doing a playoff pick them, but let's do a little, what's your prediction here? I mean, I, do, you, do I need to pump out a score to you? Eh, give me a ballpark. Cause I gladly will. It's 35, 17, 35, 17. I dig it. I also agree. I don't believe they're breaking 20 points on us especially no. if the weather's in our favor. So I, uh, I'm going, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty, pretty content with that score. I'm pretty content with that as well. I'm going to put, I'm going to put points up whether I do it in the first half or the second half. I mean, they're going to run the ball. They're going to choose some clock up, but I need to keep them out of my end zone. I'm going to get a turnover. I'm getting one. I'm getting one good red zone stop and I'm getting at least one turnover. Yeah, it's going to give me good field position and I'm going to get my, yeah, 35, 17. I don't, I can, I can terrorize myself and find a way for the Ravens to win in my head. But I, if I, I don't know, I don't have to play that game anymore. I'm a different bills team. I win. I win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's for, for us to lose this game. I think you need to see everything that can go wrong, go wrong. Yeah, if I lose, I think it's because I beat beat myself. I, I I don't see a lot of scenarios where the Ravens win because they just flat out outplayed us. Now, does that situation exist? Absolutely. But I think if the Bills lose, odds are it's because we had our own turnovers, our own miscues, you know, something of that nature. But otherwise, if I go out and play my football game, I think I win. I don't have a problem with that. I wholeheartedly agree and support all of this. Uh, moving on to the rest of the divisional weekend, uh, game one on Saturday is the Rams and Packers. The Rams playing pretty damn good defense, uh, which is helping them with their thumbless quarterback issue. Uh, I don't know who's slated to start here, but it's uh, still up in the air, but it's looking like golf right now. Yeah, that, I mean, I feel I feel like uh, if he could finish last game and get you a W, unless he says he can't do it, he's your starter, that's your guy. And, you know, going against the well-rested goat, alleged goat. Alleged goat. Alleged goat. Um, how I feel about that. Yeah, we uh, we covered that one last year in uh, pretty decent detail. I feel like I'm still, I'm standing by myself in this one, though. But, you know, <laughs> he's he's definitely having a little bit of a turnaround year compared to last year, but I. Yeah, I he's still, making it hard on me. He's making it hard on me. 
I definitely not support. a lot of games coming from behind this year. No Hail Mary wins. Like my arguments are not really working this year. So to, to be fair, I mean, it's just a year. I don't need to call you the goat because of one year, but he, he is showing why people say it. I'll give him that. He is showing why people call him the goat. I can, I mean, and I've never doubted the man's physical talent. I've always just wondering why you're playing from behind all the fucking time. Right. And I mean, he is throwing to one of the best receivers in football as well. Definitely top five, I would say. Uh, he got, finally got one of those two. Finally has a running game a little bit. Yeah. Um, and he plays in the NFC. So I think I think yeah, if you put I think if you slide the Bills in, into the NFC, I think we uh, I think we have a Chiefs esque record. Right, right, right. So, well, I have a Chiefs record with really I'm not dicking around with seven other teams at eleven and five or twelve <laughs> and four. I mean no kidding. There were there were t- what the ten and five team or eleven and five team didn't make the playoffs on the AFC side? Yes. I mean it was it was pretty tight over here. Sure was. Um, I want to make an argument for the Rams to win this game just because obviously how I feel about the goat. Um, I mean it's going to be a fun game to watch. You got Ramsey and Adams. Uh, I hate Ramsey with a passion, but he's having a good year, so that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, I think the big key is is Donald going to be healthy. Yes. If Donald's not healthy, this game is over before it started. If Donald is healthy, I still think Green Bay wins, but I think it's harder. Um, if Green Bay's got to come in with the right game plan, they can't let Rodgers be taking five and seven steps drop drops all game and holding the ball in his hand because that defensive front will come get you. Their secondary is good enough to make it last. So they're going to have to be, but they do run a West Coast offense. So as long as they get the ball out of Rodgers' hands, and show a semblance of a running game. I don't. I don't think the Rams have enough uh, offensively to keep up because I think Green Bay is going to get their points. How many will be a question? But I just don't think it'll be. I don't think Golf keeps up. Honestly, I think the other quarterback gives him a better chance too if he's available. Because I think McVay likes his athleticism, whereas Golf is just kind of a sitting duck. And if you take away the run game for LA, you take away play action, which means Golf is useless. Just like uh, his name was Joe Flacco. No play action, Joe Flacco bad. Play action, Joe, Joe Flacco good. Same with Jared Goff. Joe, Joe Flacco was elite, question mark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. So is Tread Dilfer's got a Super Bowl too. Knock it off. I mean, the Ravens Tre- just know the – the Ravens do a thing. They put defense out there. Defense. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Trent Dilfer was elite, question mark? Yeah. In, <laughs> in a world where Joe Flacco and Trent Dilfer have Super Bowl wins, you're going to try and tell me Lamar's a good quarterback. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, the Ravens are a good fucking organization and put defenses on the field that win championships. Period. Very true. Very, very true. So I, I agree with you. I think the Ram, I think this game is closer than people might think, especially if Darnold is ready to go and ready to go at full tilt. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the Packers take this because they're just a better team all around because yeah, they're the going to score. You're not going to look like a complete football team right now. Um, so I think, I think we can both agree with that one. Um, I'm putting this one in the realm of like a, like a, like a 34 to 28 realm somewhere in there. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, T- tighter, but. Uh, see, I don't think the Rams score points either in this one. I'll give them 21 because they're going to get a defensive touchdown on a fumble. But uh, Green Bay puts up forty. Oh, so you're saying you're saying essential blowout? I'm saying tighter than anticipated. So 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I can see how it's a tight game, but I honestly, it, Donald's dealing with ribs, and you're a D lineman who gets hit in the ribs regularly with hands. So it's not like a QB who I understand you got to throw a ball, but you're only taking so many shots there. Whereas a, an interior defensive lineman with a rib problem, yeah, I'm sorry, every offensive lineman knows the rules. Your hands move, you get hit in the fucking ribs. So I don't see unless he's healthy, healthy, where it doesn't hurt him. To get hit in there, I don't see Donald being that effective, which means Jalen Ramsey is out on an island, which is great, but it's only going to last for so long. And the fact that Green Bay can run the ball means they still put up points. Yep. So it's a very the game is very stringent on a healthy Aaron Donald, and I don't see it happening. I agree. I just, I think the Rams keep this tighter than I think they maybe maybe a, a turnover or two that gives them good field position that keeps it tighter and allows them to put a couple more points on the board. Um, between Woods and Cup, and go from there. But uh, be be an interesting one, a good one to start off the weekend. I feel like every matchup this weekend is a solid one, as opposed to some of the ones last weekend that kind of just felt boring. But uh, moving through the rest of the division round, Browns at the Chiefs Sunday at three oh five. Um, I'm I think the Browns put up a decent fight, but I don't think they can just sit back and pound the rock with Chubb and Hunt. Um, and then hope for openings through the play action game. I think the they're susceptible in their secondary. And I think the chiefs know it. I think you see the chiefs return to form a little bit this week and put up some big points. And I don't think the Browns keep up as much as I want them to and win. I want them to win this game, but. Yeah. I mean, the Momo is on the Brown side without question, but I, I see this going a lot like the Texans game did last year where they come out hot they put some points up and everybody goes, oh, my, are they going to beat the Chiefs? And then, you know, the Browns do Brown stuff and the Chiefs do Chiefs stuff and the Chiefs walk away with the big old fat W. I mean, we watched the Browns last week, like I said, you know, a, a bad snap for a first play touchdown defensively, then a three and out, four plays touchdown, three and out, three plays touchdown type type deal. And you're not getting that against the chiefs. You're not getting consecutive three and outs against them. And if you do, if you do, you're winning this football game. Um, if you score every time you touch the football. So and the chiefs, I think have a little bit of a better defense right now. And at minimum, they have a better offense, which means offensively, they're going to keep them in a game where the Browns aren't going to be able to just run the ball and hold clock and dominate a game. They're going to have to play more of a keep-up game with a high-powered offense, and I don't think that's a Brown strong suit. I think then you start leaning on Mayfield to throw the ball more, which while he's had a great year, I don't know if that's what I want for the Browns when you have Hunt and Chubb in your backfield. So the Browns want to win. They need to score points, run the ball, and keep Mahomes off the field, which I guess has been the game plan for Mahomes for two years now. So just beating dead horses with that one. And But I just – I don't know. I, I don't see a world where Mahomes stays out of the end zone enough to make that possible. Well, and I think we saw at the end of the Steelers game there, the Steelers were able to mount some, some bit of a little bit of a comeback that had they played a little bit better defensively, that game would have been tight near the end, despite oh, the 28, nothing start. And it's again, the, the Browns secondary is more than susceptible. As we saw lay when you, when you let big Ben, who we saw have almost no arm this year, and, you know, 2.2 seconds to, to snap to throw, which means you're throwing the ball no more than five to seven yards downfield. You know, you're – and you let him do a two-play 
touchdown drive on two long passes. Uh, you're telling me all I need to know about your secondary and the Steelers offense is by no means the chiefs offense. I mean, we watched the Browns do it all year, score points early and then just let it come back at them. Like look at the Tennessee game. Yeah. That game was a blowout. And well, I don't know. I, I watched that game. The, Tennessee could have won that game. Would it have taken a little bit? Absolutely. But as far as I'm concerned, if you're up by 30 points at some point, I should never be talking about you actually losing somehow. Right. So the fact that it was possible and it's shown that the Browns can take a lead, but don't really seem to have a good hold on the lead makes me think that no matter what they do against the chiefs, they still find a way to lose. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I agree with that. And like I said, I think that's why at the end of the day, the Browns end up, I think the winner of our game ends up going to chief kingdom just because that's. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I believe so too. Unfortunately, that's how it's 45, 38 though. It's going to be a shootout. Ooh. Chiefs win by seven. Yeah. It's going to be, I mean, it's, I see, I see this going like the Texans game. I think the Browns score points early and then I think the chiefs just answer it and end up winning at the end. Yeah. I would, uh, I can definitely get on board with that. And then capping off the week and the show, uh, the Buccaneers travel to the Saints because why wouldn't we see Tom Brady against Drew Brees in 2021? You know, I uh, I don't want to make this long-winded. I thought Brady leaving and going to Tampa Bay was weird. Turns out it's been a fun season to watch. Um, not because I'm a fan of him, but I don't have to deal with him, so I can actually enjoy watching him play, I guess, to an extent. And there's something to be said for watching the two old men down there duke it out and get after it, and it's kind of fun to see the NFC side with all the uh, call them old timers at the helm. And then the AFC is all the young guns. So the storylines across it all, I'm a big fan of. So I'm also a big fan of what I think is, well, Drew's already said he's done, right? Drew's retiring. So I, I, I'm pretty sure the writing is on the wall after, you know, 7,000 broken in broken ribs and whatnot. Yeah. I don't think Brady is retiring at the end of this year, but regardless, I think he's got maybe one left anyways. So the storyline's cool for me. I'm all about watching the two duke it out. Uh, but Buccaneers suck. Go Saints. I'm not. I don't care what world I live in. I don't care where Brady is. He still sucks and he's not winning. Um, in my heart of hearts, Saints looked good last week. Michael Thomas looked good. Camara looks good. And they've been together longer doing it. So do the Buccaneers possess? the ability to win the game without question. And usually I'm the last person to pick a team to actually go on clean sweep of three in a season. I think that's hard to do. Although I did hear the stats, the team that wins the first two has more than, I think it's like 60% wins the third one. I found that to be shocking. Um, but again, that's just my superstitious mind, but I am going to pick the saints. I think they're too high powered to win. And I don't think, uh, I don't think the Buccaneers have a clean game. And I think we see a little bit of a Brady sideline turmoil in the Saints squeaker. I also don't see this being a shootout. I'm going to bring this down to a 35-28, which I understand seems kind of kind of high still. But in today's NFL, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing some late points. I think it's going to be a muddy football game. And then we're going to see points in the second half. Yeah, I, uh, this, one, this one to me comes down to the fact that the Saints just play better defense um, than the Bucs. And I think that's gonna 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 be at the end of the day what costs them. Um, you know, I I just think I, I think you can look at these offenses and say you're fairly comparable, 
and defensively the saints are head and shoulders above the bucks. And I think that's, that's your X factor. And I, I think Tom, I think Brady struggled to get to 24 points in this game. And when you play the saints, I, you yeah, can't I can do see that. that being possible. I so. also think that the saints, I will, I, I agree that their offenses are comparable, but I'm not, I'm not a fan of Taysom Hill, but that is an X factor to me is that come time, if let's say the Saints aren't moving the ball great, they have an answer to shake it. Or if they're in the red zone and they don't have to just go five wide and let Brees throw it, they have other options, whereas the Buccaneers don't have that. So, I mean, I've seen the Saints put too much Taysom Hill in and cost themselves or make their offense not go on rhythm. But I also think with how Brees looked last week and Thomas, I think Taysom will get used in very specific places that will make life hard on the Buccaneers and he'll be – that one extra score, you know, that really puts it out of reach. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think what the Saints need to do here is avoid the second and goal from the nine and taking Breeze out of the game. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, th- I, th- I think from here on out, you ride Breeze and you pick your spots very specifically with Hill. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a an automatic playoff game. It's not, a, it's not a regular season game where you can be like, okay, let's make a package for him and, you know, make them happy. No, if the, if it doesn't call for it, sorry, Taysom, welcome to the sideline. I'm trying right. to win a football game here. I'm, I mean, it's the window's over. They need to go into Super Bowl. So I can promise you that if Taysom doesn't fit it, he's not playing like he'll, he'll be out there. He'll have his plays, but they're not going to force him to football. If he gets it, it's because they glaringly know there's something wrong with the Buccaneers in that specific situation that they can exploit. Hard agree there. Um, and to your point about the, the 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 parody in the ages of the NFC quarterbacks versus the AFC quarterbacks, fun little fact: the youngest starting NFC quarterback remaining is 26 years old. The oldest remaining AFC is Baker at 25. Baker at 25, yeah. So, that's, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's. It's fun. It's fun to watch, you know, because it's it's so different in across the conferences. I mean, it's it's we're talking about three old guys and four young guys, and I mean, not that golf's old, but golf was drafted before. So, and frankly, I don't think he's going to be a factor at all. So it'll be fun to watch how different the offenses are because you know, and when you watch AFC games, it's going to look not crazy, but quarterbacks are going to be running, making plays with their legs, scrambling. And you watch NFC games, it's going to be, it's going to look more traditional handoffs, play action passes and drop back throws. So yeah, um, it'll be, that, that'll be fun to notice the different style of games that are played. Yeah, that is definitely something that I will be looking forward to. Um, I plan on having a fun weekend of watching all the football and hopefully celebrating a big-time Bills W. Anything else for the goodly order there, Guy? Um, if you're going to the game, I hope we all do the same thing where we can't talk for days. Like, I just got my voice back today. If we would have tried to record this yesterday, I mean, I'd still you can still kind of tell it's not 100% there. Uh, my hands also have not recovered entirely from banging on seats. Um, my thumbs are still, we're going to give it a go on the PlayStation machine tonight. I'm going to put a couple of drinks to me and get after it. But, uh, I Prime hope that pump. we are all on the same page of being the loudest human beings we could be. I don't know about you, but after the last game, 
when I was told, and they could be blowing smoke on my ass, I don't care. But when I was told I could be heard, I went six to midnight immediately, and I plan on duplicating it as hard as possible. So uh, drink your tea at night, get that voice ready, and let's get after it. And uh, that is what we were going to sign off on because I don't have anything left to say solely based on the fact that I don't get to go to the game. So go be loud, be proud, and tear it up. Oh, and go Bills. Go Bills.